whatever you're doing, wherever you are, however you're enjoying this podcast, congratulations, you've arrived at yet another episode of the DC Comics News Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Singleton. This is episode number 133, and I am joined by the always amazing Mr. Brad Fullerton. Brad, how are you, sir? I am good. How are you guys doing? Well, well, Steve, always glad to have you with me, Mr. Steve J. Ray. How are you doing today, sir? Very well, thank you, my brothers. I'm glad to see that uh, you're surviving floods and forest fires and everything else that's going on on your side of the pond. Thank you. Thank you. We will, uh, of course, keep updates for that looming heat wave you described is uh, forewarned of. In your I head. like it. Hot Just let us better. know. We can try and ship you some ice cubes, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> nah, let, let me melt. The hotter, the better. I'm, I'm from Latin and uh, Persian descent, so give me the heat. Give me the heat all day long. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, my wife's the same way. She She believes in the burn. So, you know, let's go for it. Let's cook it. And tell you what, let's uh, let's get things going with a really. Um, oh, I was going to use a heat thing and I just let that one go. Our first movie story is a fun one because actually it's something that takes place in what is generally not considered to be a, a, a hot climate, except maybe in certain parts of the world. It's a little something called a merry little Batman movie. And it's just been announced by DC at. What do you think about this story and uh, the Merry Little Batman movie? Well, I love this idea. Uh, It's directed by Mike Roth, who did Regular Show, which was a really funny Cartoon Network show. So I love that that he's coming back and doing more stuff. Uh, I love Christmas movies, uh, and I like that this is kind of almost seems a little bit like a take on Home Alone, where Damian Wayne has to become little batman uh to protect gotham city where it seems like people are gone so i yeah this this looks like it's going to be a lot of fun uh what about you steve exactly the same and the the way that the news article says that they're actually planning for this to become one of those christmas staples one of those ones that keeps getting um shown again year after year after year with a premise like that like when you mix batman animation christmas and even that gorgeous logo it just makes me happy it makes me think oh when's christmas coming we've got cartoon network and it's appearing there before hbo max woohoo there is justice in the world maybe we'll get it on time for christmas over here as well looking forward to that one what about you seth i think it's such a great concept uh brad love the comparison you use for uh home alone <laughs> that's a really good one and and steve way you way to really point to that great nostalgia that is so you know connected with uh christmas traditions and those favorites whether it was the uh clay animation of rudolph the red-nosed ranger uh charlie bound christmas special you name it they're those staples that you expect every holiday season and now we can uh go ahead and, and look forward to adding little batman in a merry little christmas with damian wayne who for me, uh, he translates so well to the screen so often in so many different, you know, however he's appeared, whether it's in a film or in an, uh, something like, say, Harley Quinn. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to seeing this version. And I think it's a really fun story to kick us off. And, you know, why, why let the laughter stop there? Why not have a little bit more fun? 
with our next story, which I got a kick out of. And it's James Gunn who wanted to remind fans that, yes, it's true. Sadly, Suicide Squad is leaving HBO Max. And um, he wanted to remind them by offering up a really sad, I guess you could call it. Is this sad Cena of uh, John Cena behind the scenes? Brad, what do you think about this little reminder photo? You know, when I first read the headline, describing something as hilariously sad kind of made me scratch my head. And then I saw the picture and I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, that kind of works. That's hilariously sad. Uh, it looks like uh, this was taken towards the end of the shoot uh, when uh, the Peacemaker was not in the uh, the best of shape. Uh, and he does he does look sad, but it still kind of has that Cena glow about it or you can find a find the humor in it. And guys, if you haven't yet. Please watch it. I know that by the time you're hearing this, it'll be gone anyway. But uh, when it comes back, please watch it. Because if you haven't seen it, you are totally missing out. What about you, Steve? Everything Brad just said. Listen, he knows what he's talking about. Um, John Cena's face is just <laughs> priceless. He's just one of these adults that's got a face of a child. And you think it's just like really expressive when, when he pouts, you can feel it. When he smiles, you can feel it. When he's angry, you can feel it. And that picture, he's sitting there like a sad child who's had his last um, candy piece of candy being taken from him. And he really wants it back. Or maybe it's a burrito because he had about a thousand of those while they were making in the film but his little face is perfect and people as brad said this film is two hours of pure fun mayhem and frolics see it before it's gone or if it's too late the second it's out for home release by the suicide squad seth what did you make of sad cena behind <laughs> behind the scenes sad cena yeah, I immediately thought of just those other images that have become so popular, whether it's sad Keanu Reeves or, you know, sad other actors or celebrities. And it made me just sort of chuckle when I saw it. But then when you were describing the food thing, it reminded me that one of the other images that came to mind immediately was the idea of a kid eating ice cream. And they sort of like get too big of a bite. So it sort of goes from like bottom of the nose to the chin. But then it dislodges said ice cream from the cone. And it's after that bite that you see it like splat. And that's what I kind of, <laughs> even though this is a bloodier exactly. version of that. <laughs> I immediately thought of like, you know, oh, yeah, I've both seen that. And I think I remember being that kid with the ice cream who learned like, dude, 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 easy. Or you dislodge that ice cream, go down. Plus, there's something funny about a guy with bulging veins in his arms also looking sad. <laughs> He's like a Absolutely. big, over-muscled <laughs> boy. Like, I'm a man-child. What? Child man. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Uh, <laughs> so that was just really fun. And yeah, you know, Brad, like you said, people are, people are going to be hearing this and for the most part after that time period is gone. But hey, there's also a period where some of those projects have come back around, uh, you know, I recently saw a couple that were on that limited time frame to play and have since been added back to the catalog. So, yeah, if you miss it for some reason, if you did first find this picture, chuckle and then find out why we think it's so funny by watching the movie. We, we think you'll enjoy it. We'll, uh, we think you'll agree. So 
listen to Brad and Steve. That's why I'm here to just guide the discussion around between them, give the opportunity to hear and share their wisdom. And you know what? We've got another story for them to offer up those those gems. And and this one was really, um, well, I'm going to let them tell you more about it. This one was a great one in which James Gunn shared a uh, makeup test for that gentleman known as Polka Dot Man. Brad, what did you think about this story, the makeup test, and everything that went with it? I, I don't know if you've seen the David Lynch Elephant Man movie, but... You read my mind. Yeah, when I saw this, that's immediately what popped into into my head. Um and he looks happier than Cena did in that picture, so he can't be comfortable, but he's got – it seems like he's got a good spirit about the whole thing. But, um, yeah, yeah, I I, I, uh, I thought that the makeup was done horrifyingly, but still very cool and James Gunn-esque. And this picture, you know, just, just kind of reinforces that thought. So, yeah, once again, guys, watch The Suicide Squad. Uh, Steve, what did you make of it? exactly what i was thinking as well that that film's one of my all-time favorites one of those films made in the modern day but in black and white to add to the atmosphere and that makeup was truly terrifying even more so when you realize it was actually based on a real human being john merrick did exist and what amazes me about this makeup now that they've used for polka dot man is the way that it is complete a complete deformation of his skull and his face, but you can still recognize the actor beneath it. And then the light up bits underneath it, it's just so brilliantly done. Disturbing yet fascinating all at the same time. Really, really cool. And when you see it in live action and, ah, oh, excellent. Uh, yeah, see The Suicide Squad. It is a good film, I promise. And just for the makeup and King Shark alone, it's worth the price of admission. What did you make of it, Seth? I, I'd say it was definitely um, worth the price of admission, without question. Brad, uh, way to start the conversation off with the uh, great reference to another great example of makeup. And Steve, as always, appreciate the history regarding the Elephant Man. For anyone who's not familiar with it, that was a perfect capsule. Go find it. Check it out. Highly recommend. Um, I don't know if there's any other way to, like, seed the water or uh or something like that but you know i I believe also sir anthony hopkins in that one correct um john merrick himself was played by john hurt john hurt yeah okay so i thought anthony hopkins was in that movie he was in the film but he wasn't the elephant man no no yes definitely i did not believe that i just believe that he was the uh, confidant and um very interesting support character. Yeah. So uh, I, I saw it senior year, senior year in high school. Um, great English teacher, Miss Trina. Still love her and remember if for some reason you ever hear this. Um, yeah, great introduction. And I think great way to frame you know, something that was really, I thought really cool about this was that this is basically James Gunn saying, yeah, there's this company called Legacy Effects. Look at what they did with the practical. Look, look, sure, you can spend a lot of money on different CGI aspects, or you can also get some great value out of these amazing practicals. Um, it doesn't happen, I think, as much as could. Um, I know it's something that's more popular, you know, depending on the genre or things like that, but great combination there. Um, 
and love the, uh, the film history, guys. Thank you. Appreciate you both on that. With that, we have one more film story for you. And then we're going to head things on over to TV and streaming. Our final movie story for this week's episode. Injustice Animated has provided a movie release date and other details. Brad, what do you think about this announcement? I love this idea. I can't wait until this comes out uh, October 19th uh, here in, in the States. Uh, it, it, if there's any story that deserves uh, the animated adaptions that we've gotten, it, it's this one. Uh, such classic DC stories have been turned into these movies and, and, and Justice is up there with being so good that it deserves to be an animated movie. So I love the story and can't wait. Uh, can't wait to see this. And the bonus features are kind of cool too. Uh, we're getting a little um, flashback on the death of Superman and reign of Superman, which kind of ties into the injustice story as well as two justice league episodes justice for all part one and justice for all part two. So yeah, this is, this is uh, worth, worth the price. I think for sure. Uh, Steve, what'd you make of this? Once again, we are of a very like mind, my friend. I live for bonus features and special features on DVD and Blu-ray releases. I think that's what makes them special. And while I'll always keep buying the ones I really want to get rather than just having them as digital downloads. But like you say, it's so funny that in most cases, this this entire project has done like a completely... 360 180 turn of what normally happens normally you get the book or the comic which is then a film and then there's a game that goes with it but they started off as a game was then a comic and it's now an animated film which is just like crazy to me and i love that i just love the way that these things can happen and it was a great game one of my favorite comics and like we forever say brad arguably the best video game comics adaptation of all time and now it's going to be an animated movie boom there's nothing not to be happy about with this story fantastic would you make it Seth? oh man i mean you know (laughs) sometimes it's a little tough doing cleanup after you guys you know what i'm saying like brad like hit all the bullet points like you know it's like when you're like out there with your you know I had a friend who had a dog who they would go hunting with. And apparently this dog was so well-trained that when the other friends would bring their dogs, it would like so embarrass them that the other dogs wouldn't even like chase the next bird. They just like lay down next to the master and be like, nah, dude, other dogs got it. We're good. We're, we're, we're good. Like, (laughs) so Brad, when you knock one like that right from the get go with all of the features in there, I was like, all right, all right. No, 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 no. Ah, All right. He got it all. And then Steve, you know, you, you, you reference so well, so many great conversations that we've already had about, you know, this, <laughs> this game, this phenomenal comic by Tom Taylor afterwards. And then how now we've got this really great animated sort of like response, this, this idea of, hey, so here's how we're going to do it different. And here's how it's still going to be awesome in each stage. And I think this is a great announcement, I think. I think for a lot of great reasons, people are going to um, enjoy it. I got the feeling we're going to be talking more about it in the future, probably sometime after oh, we've yeah. seen it and we just can't stop, you know, without any details, because I've, I've been there. We do this and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to us getting a chance to talk more about it because I have a feeling we will be 
just like I have a feeling we're going to be talking about these TV and streaming stories coming your way. First on the list is the announcement that Poison Ivy will be making her way to the CW's Batwoman. Brad, what did you think about this announcement and casting all that fun stuff? Uh, you know, Poison Ivy is one of my favorite Batman villains. And we've been blessed recently with some really good small screen versions of the character between Gotham and, of course, Harley Quinn. So I love the idea that we're going to get another one. I like seeing what different actresses bring to to the role. And I, I think that that character will fit in perfectly with the Batwoman show uh, as we've had it so far. Uh, second season was great. Uh, really liked what they did with Black Mask. So, yeah, I, I say welcome aboard. I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do do with the character. Uh, what about you, Steve? Yeah, completely agree. Season two of Batwoman was phenomenal. Honestly, even though I wasn't the happiest about uh, Ruby Rose moving on and having a Batwoman that wasn't Kate Kane, I honestly think season two was way better than season one. It was great from start to finish and. They were teasing Ivy even then with the whole thing with the fine uh, and uh, Bruce's trophy case and, and things like that. And the fact that they could regrow the heart of the desert w- with with Poison Ivy's um, powers, with Poison Ivy's plants. So having her join the cast in season three, it's a no brainer. It's genius. We need another strong female villain to again, go against arguably TV's strongest female hero. And guys... Is it me, but Bridget Regan, who they've cast, could literally be Poison Ivy off the comics page and thrown onto the screen. I mean, the physical look of the actor is phenomenal. We've had great Poison Ivies, like you said, Brad, in Gotham, we've had three of them in one series, three different actresses have played her. And and obviously, the the Harley Quinn animated Ivy is still probably my favourite. I adore her. But, um, hey, Bridget Regan looks the part. We know the lady can act. Bring it on. Let's see where this grows. I'm sorry. Seth, what did you make of it? (laughs) Oh, I'm never sorry, buddy. You can always punt around me. Um, You know, you're in you're in a safe place here. You're always you're always in a safe place. And I mean, hey, as long as we don't get too tangled up in it, why not have a little bit of fun with the words? I mean. Really, let's enjoy ourselves. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of Thank people you. are going to enjoy the addition of Poison Ivy. I think it's a, a great selection. Um, you know, Brad, I think you pointed out so well. Great character to include. And Steve, I think you really nailed something with the fact that this has already been foreshadowed through the trophy case. So now we have a chance to see yet another version of Poison Ivy for fans to enjoy. How will it be part of the comparison that we can make from other recent versions, including Harley Quinn? I think that's going to be the fun part. You know, there's there's always about how that character fits in the universe that they are you know, showing up in and what nuances we can enjoy out of that. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I also say, hey, Span, you know, <laughs> why not have a larger and larger cadre of villains? I think it just makes for more fun and who knows what the sort of delicious combos could be in the future for one or two of said villains. Keeping us moving along with a great set of TV and streaming stories is the announcement that HBO Max's next DC comic series 
will be helmed by Mr. Berlanti. He'll be taking on the Dead Boy Detectives. I have a feeling Brad and Steve might have some thoughts regarding this. Far more than I. Far, far more. Brad, what do you think, my friend? Uh, man, I, you know, we talked about this the first time. I can't remember if it was just, you know, announced that they were doing it or if Berlanti was associated with it in some way. Uh, And I don't remember that he was, but the fact that he is now, I think that that is a great sign that this is really going to move forward and the pilot will probably be good enough to be picked up for a, a full series. And I think, you know, Steve, you'll probably agree with me on this one. Uh, as fans of both the Doom Patrol TV show and the Sandman comics, I'm really curious on if these are going to be the same versions that we're going to get to see in Doom Patrol season three, because that hasn't been confirmed. So I'm really curious uh, about that, if it's going to be standalone, if it's going to be tied into Doom Patrol. So, um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it, but I, I really want to know what that connection is going to be. Uh, what about you, Steve? I have the exact same questions because, yes, it was announced originally that they'd be appearing in an episode of Doom Patrol, which is a great fit, perfect fit, quirky vertigo, which is something we all love. But um, these two characters first appeared in Season of Mists back in the original Sandman series, and I fell in love with them right from the get go. And then when they got their own 12 issue miniseries, then another miniseries later down the line. Outstanding. But we're getting them on TV, not just in a Doom Patrol but in their own show. Please let them be tied in. Please let this be like a little backdoor pilot, the same way Doom Patrol were introduced in Titans, because if we get one set of people playing it and then randomly a completely different set, it may be a little jarring. And these are characters that have got history. have got a lot of love in the fandom. I mean, Brad and I are already singing this show's praises before we've seen a single episode, just because we know the characters. So, (laughs) oh man, um please 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 get this right please let it run for years and years and years let this be the new lucifer that even if it gets cancelled after three season netflix pick it up for another three thousand seasons and let it run forever <laughs> dead boy detectives we love them seth what do you make of this story my friend <laughs> see again like i gotta follow that you know what i mean like how do i do that I I won. I'm always glad when I get to hear your um, both of your perspectives about these characters because you you introduce some great questions that, folks. I hope this encourages you to check back because if they've asked the questions, I have a feeling they're going to give their thoughts, opinions on what the answers look like when we do get to see the dead boy detectives appear in uh, upcoming Doom Patrol. Loved what you had to say, Brad, and Steve, what you echoed about how we've seen this done already. You know, the Doom Patrol made an appearance in Titans, and then it led, you know, after that introduction, we had the chance to see them later in their own series. I think it's also something that, I mean, Berlanti is the guy in charge of Titans Doom Patrol. He understands how he wants to thread these together. And then also, I think you brought up some, you know, really interesting points that I'm curious to hear what you think of the presentation based on how these characters are have appeared in comics and how they could appear in the series and what the differences may or may not be. I think that's a really interesting thing to consider. And yeah, but I do remember us talking about the story, but I don't think at the time it had included Berlanti. I feel like this was the new addition to it. And I'm 
I'm intrigued with him taking over it because it, it makes a lot of sense to have this one sort of conductor who's really aware of what's going on in each show. And I also feel like he's done a really good job of matching the tone for the environment, you know, um, very clear on the feeling and um, the universe this created was something like Stargirl compared to um, Doom Patrol compared to Titans, you know, and yeah, the, and you look at all the Arrowverse shows, like each one's very clear about how it wants to present itself. And uh, oh, he yeah. seems to have a really great understanding yeah. of, of what that show's doing in each of its sort of not only like time slot, not only like category, but yeah, you guys get me as far as like the atmosphere. So I think it's all yeah, he's one of the most powerful names in D.C., I think, at this point. With not even DC in all of television. Yeah. I mean, if you look yeah. at his body of work, I mean, stuff as diverse as like um, Blind Spot. And have you guys been seeing Prodigal Son? His uh, show, which is like um, a, a mixture of the best procedural cop show, psychological crime thriller, serial killer, mixed with Hannibal type TV show. It's superb. If you haven't seen that, check out that. Check that out. That's another Balanti show. Um, he's on fire. And Brad, I mean, we have to talk about the fact that obviously we're getting a Sandman show. Are we going to get the same Dead Boy Detectives from their own show and from the Doom Patrol show in his show when they get to Season of Mists? That's another mm. question. Yeah, that I that I didn't even think about in so much because I think that I just I just figured that that Sandman series is so much its own thing. So yeah, but you oh, could be. Yeah, but you're right. Uh, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Will yeah, that all right. tie in? Can you imagine the DC multiverse over uh, like 10 different TV shows? Sign yes, me please. up. Sign me up. Get me my popcorn and oh, my yeah. big screen TV. And don't talk to me for about 12 hours because I'm going to watch the whole thing. <laughs> With Sandman, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to watch it weekly. Then I'm going to watch it all again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Can't <laughs> wait. So just be prepared, folks, in the future. Brad will not be taking your calls for this period of time as per designation. And Steve has also clarified. So there are windows coming up. It'll be like a black hole. You'll try, but they simply won't be available until they return. Show us patience. They, they will reward you and we will all be rewarded in, uh, in turn, by the way, love the uh, reference, Steve, to the idea of on fire because our, our next character, Constantine is a man who sometimes, has a little bit of flames leaping from his hands. So uh, I feel it's apropos to then turn to our next story in which Matt Ryan, the man who has played Constantine, I think demonstrably well, and I've heard it echoed by everyone else uh, on here. He's actually looking forward to watching the next Constantine. Interesting. Yeah, what do you think about the story and uh, what we can look forward to as well as Mr. Ryan? He's got such a good spirit about the whole thing. Uh, and he does deserve credit for doing so much for the character. And I, you know, so I think we talked about this last week too, just how, or the week before, uh, just how much he's brought to the character. Maybe it's with, maybe it was with you, Steve, but <laughs> I can't even remember. We've all point, but, talked about it. Yeah, but he he brought so much to the character and embodied the character so well, and he he has such a good spirit about letting go and letting other people take up the reins that he he's hard to dislike and it just kind of makes me miss the fact that he's you know gonna play that not gonna be playing that character anymore but he is playing another character so we will get to see him but um yeah him playing constantine was so iconic it's sad to see him go oh what about you steve 
see this is the amazing thing about matt ryan the human being as well as matt ryan the actor where we both said it i mean i think all, th- all three of us have over the last few weeks and we knew that he was moving on from the character of constantine that he loves this character and we were all so sad that he'd be leaving the role but when you read his comments and you hear him say listen i'm the biggest constantine fan in the world and you can tell by the way he's played the character but it's going to be awesome seeing someone else pick that up and i can go back to watching it as a fan when you hear words like that from an actor you can't help but think yeah you're right you probably lived this role too much um it's something you're a fan of and you just want to enjoy it again i mean doing what we do sometimes we're all we're doing is reading comics and watching comic but related tv shows that it's almost become work and are we really doing so much of it for fun anymore and he's got that times a thousand because he's the living embodiment of this character so good on you matt ryan you've done it amazingly well for a number of years now you can enjoy it with the rest of us from our side of the screen you've earned it my friend wonderful stuff what do you make of it seth one, thank you both. I, I think you both, you know, described so well so many of the different things we have talked about uh, regarding both Matt Ryan, his portrayal of Constantine, and the recent news that he would eventually be leaving the character. And I knew that we would be talking about this after I watched the most recent episode and saw the uh, events transpire, which bring to the close, at least for now, the story of Constantine. And one of the first things I thought was, wow, we've enjoyed talking about him so much. I can only imagine how much we're going to enjoy going over those memories again the next time I'm on with everybody, which will probably be this weekend. So (laughs) I'm smiling now as I think about having that thought and that feeling while watching the episode and now here with you guys and thinking about the great ending, the way it was, you know, um, the ending that was coming for Constantine, the way the story had been built. But also, as you pointed out both so well, what a what an amazing approach. Um, there's this thing they do, I think it's called the Shambhala. And it's this practice of taking sand and tapping um, colored sands onto the ground and then creating a beautiful pattern. And at the end, you just sort of sweep it all away. <laughs> and you do it again and it can take hours and it can be this like immensely meditative thing and it's like it's done you appreciate it and then you sweep it all away and you do it again and i i have this feeling of um similarity with uh with what we heard from matt ryan and this idea of him saying yeah i did it it's great all right wipe the slate clean let's see a new version let's go and and that enthusiasm steve that you were describing you know the way he's not only excited about who's going to play Constantine next, but what this next chapter for him is. I mean, hey, if I can face that in in every facet of life, whether it's uh, from a job to a job or a location to a location or, or some other transition, like, wow, that was great. Time for the next thing. I mean, I, I think I'd be in a good place. <laughs> and I, uh, I'm going to remember this story as, uh, as part of the reason behind that. Hey, we've got one more TV and streaming, and then we're going to go ahead and take a quick ad break and follow up with more. So on that final TV and streaming story, it would appear that Stephen Amell would be interested in a return on HBO Max or Netflix. 
Brad, what do you think about this story? I just say make it happen. Uh, I want to see him come back, even as a cameo or like a maybe even just a couple episode arc. Uh, I, I love that he's willing to come back to the character. Uh, he's always loved the character so much, and he, and like Matt Ryan, he really embodied the character well. And I think for a lot of people, he kind of reinvented what Green Arrow can be or is. So um, I would welcome him back for sure. And I think a lot of fans would, too. And and as long as he's willing, I think it's inevitable that we will see this at some point down the line. Uh, what about you, Steve? We've just spoken about how amazing Matt Ryan is one a fantastic ambassador for the character of John Constantine he is. Um, the same has to be said about Stephen Amell, Oliver Queen and Green Arrow. I mean, let's face it, if you look at the actor's history with the character, this whole thing came about because of COVID, because the fact that all the Arrowverse shows were delayed. We didn't know when we were going to be getting them back. And he literally called the producer and said, listen, guys, if you need me to come back in and work, I'll do it. Send me the script. I'll do it. I'll, I'll come back in. That shows how amazing a human being and how much this guy loves the character and the character's fans that he's willing to do that. Like you said, Brad, it's got to happen eventually. And um. I haven't seen Code 8 yet, but I am already in love with Amel's new show, Heels. I'm a huge wrestling mark, as you both know. I love my comics, I love my TV, I love my movies, but I love professional wrestling. And what he's doing with the show, Heels, is phenomenal. It's absolutely brilliant. If he gets another sh- crack at Arrow, hey, listen, yes, the character's dead, but this is comic books. Um, there's a very fantastic story that people know that might, well, hopefully they know, called Quiver written by a certain Kevin Smith, where Green Arrow came back from the dead. Adapt the hell out of that, and you've got a viewer guaranteed in this fella, and probably my two companions as well. What do you make of that, Seth? Yeah, sign me up. You'd be number one on the list, or maybe you can make a list, whatever. Just put, I'll be like number two or three. Depends on whether or not Brad's faster with the pen than me. I mean, I'm, I'm fine with it, but I'll be in the top five, okay? I'll be right there in the top five. Signing that petition adding my name and saying, hey, 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 happened with the Snyder Cut. So, yo, let's make this, as Brad so eloquently said, let's make it happen. Or, you know, in the words of a uh, Star Trek captain who had a show, came back with some movies, and now has a show, you know, Mr. Picard, the the captain saying, you know, make it so. Make Make it it so. Make it so. And with that... um, I want to, of course, then add you know, Steve. Yeah, what a what a you know what a perfect way to direct those who could be listening and, and maybe haven't figured it out yet. Yeah, it's called Quiver. Check it out, and then you know thank us later. Give us some credits, you know, mostly to Steve. But you know, you want to share the wealth. We'll we'll be okay with whatever co credit for supporting it. But yeah, you've got an idea right there. Bring it back make it fun. And I, I got a kick out of the fact that this also all occurred during a conversation on Michael Rosenbaum's podcast. Like, <laughs> there's a, there's a funny little thread for me just in that idea of like, Hey, while we're talking, would you ever come back? You know, cause we've, we've done this, we've been on, you know, a series about superheroes and you were the lead. And I was the big bad. <laughs> what do you think about if they asked you to come back? And he's like, yeah. And then Steve, as you pointed out, he already made the offer back in the pandemic just to say, hey, if you need it, I'm an actor who's trained, ready, fit, and 
I'm here in case you can't get the other guys up in time or there's some sort of issue, but you still want to get production going. So have to love the attitude, have to love the excitement. L and Steve, thanks for sharing some thoughts on heels. When I saw the uh, trailer for it, I immediately thought, uh, wow, this is like taking, you know, basically two great things that Steve it's loves. Great. One chance it's and so good. Smash it together. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so with that, we're going to take a quick ad break. And then we shall return with some comics and a few of those things we like to call other. Stay tuned. This is Seth Singleton from DC Comics News, here to tell you about the Spinner Rack. Each and every week, DC Comics publishes so many great books, it can be hard to decide where to invest your time and money. And that's where the Spinner Rack comes in. The Spinner Rack is my honest attempt to rate, review, score the top five books from DC Comics each and every week. How can you listen? It's easy. All you have to do is go to your favorite platform, subscribe to DC Comics News Podcasts, and wait for the new episode to load up. Join me each and every week as I sift through the best from DC Comics and pick my top five books. Can't wait to share them with you and to hear your scores when you share them with us right here on the DC Comics News Podcast. Hello, listeners. This is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. First, there was the DC Comics News podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the Knight. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the Knight. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Bug. A Harley Quinn cast. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making Bat Shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Ogre. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nuts. I definitely do not f*** bat. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. A lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. (laughs) Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. F***ers. 
picture this. Someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV and video games. A complete ultra comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or dummies. Part of the Comics in Motion podcast network. What's up, everybody? I am Kelly Gaines for DC Comics News. I am Tony Hasty for this show. And we are here to introduce our new show, DCN After Dark. This is the late night talk show for all of the wild ideas, fascinating concepts, and scandalous tales straight from the DC universe. We are not going to hold any punches. We are going to give all of our opinions straight off the dome, and sometimes we'll be writing it down. It is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the sensitive ears. It is not for any children. Viewer discretion is going to be advised because we are going to be swearing a lot. Yes. Yeah. And possibly, maybe by episode five, getting to our hundredth <laughs> joke. <laughs> Here's <on> hoping. <laughs> We're going to have guests on this show. We're going to be guests on other shows, but we're not going to finish this sentence. <laughs> off, the t- off the cuff. Let's go. Off the cuff. Off the cuff. Anything off, you want. Anything you want. Scooby-Doo would be a better detective than Jim Gordon. There you go. That's that is what this whole show is about. That's what the show is about. We're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about stuff like that. Should we have seen more of the bat? Go. No, no one had to see more of the bat. No, I didn't want God damn it. Look, all right. We're going to Scooby-Doo, DCN After Dark. Check us out. Watch us without your kids. And if you are a kid, you shouldn't have even seen this promo. Drink recipes, content creation, reviews, unsolicited advice, and very inappropriate jokes. Yes. And a Santa, uh, an un- unseasonable Santa hat. Except it's season, whatever. Check us out. <laughs> Not getting rid of the Santa hat. <laughs> Available exclusively on YouTube. As promised, that ad break is over. We are back. We've already covered the movies, TV, and streaming for this episode. I'm talking about episode number 133 of the DC Comics News Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Singleton. Been hanging out with Mr. Brad Flicky and Steve J. Ray. As we move into our next section, it is comics. And in our first story, DC Comics is scheduled to release a comic book with the first Jewish superhero in over 40 years. Brad, what do you think about this story? What took so long? I can't believe when I saw that 40 years, I thought that can't be right. But yeah, I mean, that's it seems it's crazy not right. That it's, uh, no. OK, no. <laughs> Okay, I figured there had to be some other Jewish character, but I think that that um, introducing this whistle character in uh, a YA graphic novel is a good idea because I think DC's doing a really good job with these YA graphic novels. Uh, I, I've enjoyed them, and I'm certainly not the target audience, but I, I still find that I can get something out of these stories and, I, and I've enjoyed them. So I'm looking forward to, uh, to this one too. And I hope that, that it's successful enough that they can bring that character into uh, the broader uh, DCU in some of the, uh, you know, maybe other Batman books since she's from Gotham. So, so, all right, Steve, take us to school. What are some other Jewish characters? 
Oh, um, well, for a start, they actually name it in the, in the article. I mean, you can tell this is an article not written by anybody who reads comics, and they've got Kathy Kane and Kate Kane mixed up, mm. thinking that the Jewish Batwoman, Kate Kane, who was introduced in 2006, which is only 15 years ago, not 40 years ago, she she's actually a much more recent character. They're thinking Kathy Kane, who wasn't Jewish, she was married to the Kane's, uh, well, she got the Kane name by marriage, Bruce Wayne's... Uh, auntie by marriage and um, later lover and love interest but let's not go into that um yeah uh kate kane the comic book batwoman of the present day was introduced in 2006 which is only 15 years ago so the people who wrote this article should really have done a bit more research um we all know that kate kane is uh, a recent addition not 40 years old as uh, kathy kane was but anyway let's move on it's still a brilliant story i've got the physical book i've got a center preview copy by penguin random house and i've got a digital copy as well which we're reviewing for dark knight news and i hope you guys at dc comics news as well are are covering it because it's a cracking book really good nice story quirky artwork brand new hero whose powers uh, and communication with her wonderful dog Leibovitz. um read this book it's superb Pick it up. You're going to love it. Give it to the teenagers. Give it to the young adults in your family uh, and enjoy it yourself as an adult. I've enjoyed the hell out of it. It's a great, great read. But um, yeah, please, uh, people who write articles about comics, come and talk to us. We'll give you the facts. That's what we do. Seth, um, please get me off my soapbox. Oh, it's good, man. It's good. In fact, I was just thinking to myself, isn't Ragman also uh, Jewish there you go, country. 1970s. And, yeah, and and then we had you know Ragman. Yeah, so I I I appreciate the uh, the attempt, but I was looking over the article at which point I saw this one sentence. She is believed to be DC comics. Okay, I I don't know how I'm supposed to you know sort of rectify that. <laughs> She's believed to be. All right, fair enough. Did you research that believed to be, or are we just saying believe? Yeah, so. Not trying to, you know, go after anybody on their writing, but that sentence did, like, put a magnifying glass on the whole term of suspect uh-huh. that, uh, that you introduced right at the beginning. Because I was intrigued by this, and it was fun, you know, when, when I saw it and was looking it over, I was like, all right, this is going to be a fun conversation. Because I have at least one character in mind who I think might be significant, and then, yes, you know, as you point out, Steve, the whole, yeah, Kate and Kathy, let's go ahead and just clarify a few things, shall we, folks? All right. So now that Steve's provided that history and we, we've mentioned that, yes, there are. You're Yes. Thank you, sir. Um, so with that, like, I just have to sort of chuckle and smile and say, I think it's great that uh, Whistle is going to be a new character and um, Steve, looking forward to your review. I, I, I think it's great that, that, we can have these characters with these interesting connections to well-known characters in uh, DC comics, as well as Batman universe. And then again, at the same time, you know, have these lovely original threads come out of it. And anytime you've got a character connecting with their dog in, in a really beautiful way. Yeah. You've also got me hooked. You're so. going to love this book, Seth. <laughs> awesome. Hey, you know, um, it's a good reason for me to want to read a comic book. Like, show me that relationship between you and your dog, because it works for Nightwing. It's worked for so many others. I, I can't help but enjoy and look forward to. And then, of course, we've got one more on the uh, list of comics. We got the chance to catch a uh, 
sneak preview of uh, DC Comics' Black Manta. We had a chance to talk about the uh, announcement regarding this series, and now we have the chance to take a glance at the actual images. Brad, start things off. What do you think, my friend? Uh, man, the thing that two things grabbed me about this, uh, the colors in the preview art, the use of the purple in the cover and the blues. I love those, the shades of the blue uh, that they use in the water. And then it goes to the, to the red when he, uh, when he's fighting. So I, yeah, this looks, the art looks, looks great. And I love the colors and I like the idea. The second thing is that we're getting some new characters here. Uh, a new villain and a new hero. A new he- hero's name is Torrid and the villain Devil Ray. So I'm curious what those characters are going to be about. So, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this. Uh, what about you, Steve? Listeners, readers, you'll find that on this show, many of us share one brain and literally just pass it between us. Everything Brad just said, that art, those colors. Wow. Plus the fact, finally, Aquaman and his supporting cast are getting a resurgence in comics. Hooray! A new Aquaman series is coming with a brand new Aquaman, and his daddy, naughty old Black Manta, has got his own miniseries too. Aquaman fans rejoice. The most maligned, underappreciated hero and his background characters are getting their chance to shine and Boy, do they deserve it. Just looking at this preview alone has me excited. I am going to read the ever-loving out of this series, and I cannot wait to read it. And like you said, Brad, New Hero 2, New Villain 2, one of them sounds like he's related to me, Devil Ray. (laughs) Could it be? Have you ever seen us both in the same room at the same time? (laughs) (sighs) I can wish. I'll be in a comic book one day. Seth, what do you make of this story? Oh, don't play coy with me, Devil Ray. Now that your secret's out. (laughs) And Star is twirling as we speak. And so the duel begins. Um, With that, man, yeah, for for starters, (laughs) you guys really hammered home a great point. New hero, new villain. We've seen this work really well with uh, a number of other characters recently who've added new heroes, new villains, expanded um, the scope and because of that, we get a chance to see more and more of the places where the heroes we already know reside and the other communities that are sort of around. But they're going to get more attention through the addition of new characters. So I like that. The uh, the variant, the second one, the sort of majesty of Manta just sort of sitting here with the spirit, it's so wonderfully captured. And it brings, I think, to mind really well, Brad, what you were talking about with the colors. Just gorgeous stuff here. I mean, really sets a tone and it gives you um, a really interesting ambiance just just from that. Like the, the feeling you're like you're like aware of the story that's developing around. But there's also the, the tone in which the story is being told that really great canvas. And I think it was pretty gorgeous. I, I love this as a teaser and I love this as our uh, last comic book story. We move now into another category, a little something we like to call other. Now, this first one. This first one kind of blew me away. <laughs> I was not aware that there is makeup that uh, is geared towards, well, comic book characters. And in this case, I'm talking about a, uh, 
a Batman collection of makeup. I, I'm still going to continue doing my best to wrap my brain around it. And thankfully, I've got smarter people with me who've already probably figured some things out. So, Brad, I'll start with you, my friend. What do you think about this story? You're putting me on the spot. <laughs> I don't know if I figured anything out, but I think this is a come on. <laughs> I think this is a, a a very cool idea, and it just kind of goes to show how the the exposure of comic book characters is just so wide now, and it just appeals to such a wide audience. Um, you know, and you know, I don't I don't want to say sit there and say oh see you know finally the company makeup revolution realizes that women read comics too because there are some guys that use makeup but it just it really shows that um the audience is ever expanding for for these comics and especially batman because there is no more popular comic character out than batman um it, it seems like you know, no matter what you put the Batman name on, it's going to have appeal to fans. They just they cannot get enough of Batman. And the uh, the casings, the art on the casings of these look really cool. I really like the the Joker one with all the ha ha ha's around it, and the the simple uh, bat symbol on one is just yeah, this is just a, a really cool idea whose time has come. Uh, what about you, Steve? I've said it before, and it's one of my most quoted lines. I hear it repeated again and again. The geek shall inherit the earth. That's what it should have said. There was a misprint in the good book. It's the geek and not the meek that shall inherit the earth. And like you quite rightly said, Brad, this is mainstream now. Comic books, comic book characters, and particular Batman and Gotham City are mainstream now. When you get a company like Makeup Revolution doing a whole line and this isn't just two or three products like we saw with the last harley quinn movie oh no this is the full works so ladies gentlemen trees non-binaries all other life forms that like to look good and use makeup gotham city is your oyster take it away enjoy and glow seth what do you make of this wonderful wonderful story oh it's fabulous i mean absolutely fabulous for starters batman this city needs me forever flawless palette like okay you, you kind of got me with the first name batman i am the night mascara catwoman uh kitty cat lashes like <laughs> the cross marketing is is genius brad as you point out the design work on the makeup is flawless um the names are perfect and then as you go through and you get all of these great images i mean they they really <laughs> they nail it joker put on a happy face brush set <laughs> harley quinn what Fantastic. are we bad guys makeup you know what i mean like batman handheld mirror uh there's some really brilliant stuff and hey however you like to dress up the way you look the way that you transform however you choose to step outside i mean this is a really awesome way to add to it your love of comics your love of dressing up as your favorite characters i mean and you've got a batman palette here i have to wonder is this the perfect blend to put underneath your batman mask should you dress up cosplay batman is it is the secret found here in this palette as well that, that you can add this to not only your day-to-day -day stepping outside but should you find the right combination it's the perfect makeup you want that makes your cow 
pop. I mean, there's a lot of great possibilities here. And I love a story that sort of just says, hey, look, this inspired us. Now we want to inspire you creative um, spirits who will take this and design beautiful art. It's like a whole new set of paint for artists who can be like, yeah, hey, look, I just, I just, yeah, give me some brushes. Let's go play. So love the, uh, love the spirit behind it. Love the products. Um, and as you were both pointing out so well, like talk about a saturation of the culture <laughs> when you've got Makeup Revolution joining in in this way and talking about saturation, one place that you can find comic book material now uh, as a uh, regular component. Gaming has a very clear designation for comic book related material. And the most recent includes a teaser for the uh, Gotham Knights Step Into the Night. Brad, what do you think about this story? I don't game, so I kind of rely on you and Steve on this one. This is one of my favorite stories this week. Uh, I love this trailer. I can't, can't wait for this game. And I found that the trailer itself was very effective. Not only did we get that really cool Court of Owls Talon reveal, but we got a background on the story, uh, you know, Bruce Wayne being dead. And uh, it, it gave a good kind of a good explanation of why your character would start off kind of low power because he said he blew up the bat cave and the technology you're left with is kind of outdated so that means you're probably going to start with your character at a very basic level and then have to to build up on it as you level up and you know and, and earn upgrades and things like that so i think that that was very effective and also you kind of got to see the different characters and what their fighting strengths are and what their not necessarily moves but what their weapons are and what their skill sets are so you know who you want to play when you get into the game so yeah overall uh, i think this was a very uh, effective trailer and i yeah i i just can't wait what about you steve Oh, absolutely. When you get, I mean, let's face it, who's got a better cast of supporting characters than Batman? It's probably another reason why he's the number one most popular comics character in the world. Because, I mean, look at his supporting cast. Robin, Batgirl, Nightwing, three of the greats. I mean, legends who've been around uh, between 40 and 80 years themselves. And they can and deserve to carry a game on their own without daddy there. I mean, is he really dead? Of course he's not. He might make an appearance before the end, but even if he doesn't, these characters deserve the game. And when you've got a premise as brilliant as Batman's gone, his money's gone, his weapons are gone, you've got to build up this fight from the ground level up. That in itself has got to be fascinating for any gaming fan who's into comic books or not, who wants to have an adventure, who wants to play a game and build a character and, and experience a story. And that's what some video games do, honestly, these days, better than some movies and some books. They create a world, they create a story, they create a history where you live it. Because when you play these games, I mean, seeing Adam play the Arkham games it's like being Batman. This is awesome. Again, Brad, I'm not much of a game player, but I live through watching Adam play the games. So um, this is fascinating, and I can see this becoming huge if it's done properly. Brilliant, 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 brilliant. And hey, they're even doing uh, action figures, but we'll talk about that next. Seth, you must have some <laughs> thoughts. 
<laughs> what a great teaser for our next story coming up. Yes. Uh, for starters, Brad, lo- love the uh, the real rich breakdown there of the trailer and the things that, that you know fans were already made aware of regarding the game. And then, Steve, as you pointed out, like even if I don't have a system, there there is something fun every once in a while coming across a highlight reel from someone who has played and going, oh, wow, this looks really cool and this is really fun. You, of course, get the uh, you know front row seat watching when your son played, and that's a, a cool feeling, too. Um, I had a great friend uh, I met. And awesome guy. He's uh, he's actually uh, paralyzed from the neck down, but he was able to connect with someone who designed special remote control that he could use, like breathing wow. and moving his head and brilliant stuff. You know, this was like 2005, 2004. And I was blown away to watch this guy who had been pretty good with games with his hands, you know, now able to manipulate and just make character stance across the screen. I love the idea of all the different ways that we can give fans the opportunity to enter these worlds, become these characters, take on their identities, go through missions, you know, feel that great inspiration. And I think you both captured that really well. And I think for anybody who's excited, as we clearly are, about this announcement, if you want more, don't forget, we've got Fandom coming our way October 16th. More on that as well in just a bit. So that's our, I think very fun gaming news story but now we also have one that steve you you teed up quite nicely the uh the announcement that mcfarland toys has revealed nightwing gotham knights dc multiverse figure brad what do you think about this announcement and uh and more i'm gonna go to my stump speech when it comes to mcfarland toys and say just nobody does it better Look mm-hmm. at the detail on these characters. I mean, like, it's just incredible. I just, I hope, and I think they will make uh, figures for all the Gotham Knights and and the villains. So, yeah, if you, you don't need to hear this from me, because if you buy McFarlane toys, you know you're going to get this anyway. But, yeah, it's just another incredibly well-made and well-sculpted uh, action figure from McFarlane toys. Oh, what about you, Steve? How do they, I mean, how do they get something that looks amazing that moves and breathes in 3D in animation in the game and make it real? How do they capture actors' likenesses and create toys so frighteningly real do you think they're going to wake up and, and, and run around the room chasing you? It just blows my mind how McFarlane Toys can do this. And they must literally live and breathe and sleep with the game makers to to make toys of this level of accuracy. Like you said, the sculpt, the design, the colour, everything about it, or everything about all McFarlane Toys. And I think we're going to talk about another one next week. If you guys have seen the new McFarlane Toys Batman Year 2 figure, as drawn by Todd McFarlane, with that cape that goes on forever. Wow. Um, Fun and Toys. I hope we get a Grim Reaper. Oh, we, we have to. Uh, when you see this Batman, wait. You're you're going to lose your mind. <laughs> but um, McFarlane Toys. Again, where were you when I was a child? Damn it, Doctor Who. Give me your TARDIS. I want it now. Fantastic. Seth. <laughs> Really gorgeous stuff here. Love the descriptions you guys provided. I mean, and the details are so exquisite. Absolutely exquisite. There's a a clear understanding 
of the the love that's transpiring from these artists into these figures. And yes, Steve, you would not be remiss to suggest that at some point, perhaps they do wake up in the night and somehow uh, feed our dreams with joy and wonder. Who's who's to say, really? Um, <laughs> they certainly look like they could. And if that's one of the things that helps me sleep at night or brings a little bit of imagination and joy into my day, well, I'm very comfortable continuing to believe that. And um, with great toys like these it's very easy to so tease it we suggested it and uh, now we're going to go ahead and come right out and say it guess what folks fandom is here and um, something that's going to help lead up to october 16th fandom between now which is when we're recording on uh, september the 4th and october 16th is a little something called uh fandom fridays Brad, what did you think about this uh, build-up series of teasers? Oh, way to build anticipation, DC, because I cannot wait for fandom and, and these little like nuggets that we're going to get on Fridays. It's just going to be such fun little teasers. And like the article says, we're probably not going to see any big announcements on these, but they're still going to be so much fun to to watch and just you know feel a part of the fan community. Uh, what about you, Steve? Fandom blew my mind last year it was the event of the year not being able to go to a physical con this was the next best thing we're getting it again this year but not only that we're getting teasers of it and little weekly chunks of fandom every friday from here until the main event i mean come on that is so cool that i feel myself getting chill blains just thinking about it this is great new content new links new merch every single week and then the main event brad i'm going to steal a line from your book it's a great time to be a dc comics fan seth what do you make of this (laughs) it really really is and yeah i mean i think brad we're all going to borrow that phrase quite often we will of course give you credit but yeah we will be we will be borrowing As Brad Felicki says, and has said, and will continue to say, yeah, Friday teasers. What a what a great idea! What a great way to add, you know, to the anticipation. I remember at a certain point um, when I was a kid, and I was like aware of the the seasons that went with cartoons and new cartoons. That it would be like sometime around like August, beginning of September, they would do like a thirty minute preview sort of show for all the new content that was coming, new cartoons, old cartoons stuff like that and it was like it was just like a a bowl of sugar and with each show teaser is like spooning more i kind of feel like this is how these friday announcements are going to be and just to sort of like pile on we also have a uh, an announcement which features the lineup of presentations and quite an impressive number of things to look forward to for dc fando moving into our last story for this week's episode brad what do you think about the presentations and what we can expect oh man oh man oh man this is my favorite story this week I, I i don't even know where to begin um i could be here all night talking about this lineup um the lineup's incredible now personally i, I obviously I, I can't wait for the new bat the batman trailer that will probably close the show like it did last year absolutely can't wait i'm really looking forward to getting a sneak peek of the flash i i, I hope they can show some footage 
Uh, same way with uh, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, and Black Adam. I hope we do get some some footage from that and some. Uh, we're getting Aquaman, the Lost Kingdom, some behind the scenes looks, so that's going to be great. And I am so excited to learn more about DMZ and Naomi and Peacemaker and the Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League video game. I mean, there's just there's just so much here. Uh, I, I, I I absolutely can't wait. Uh, what about you, Steve? I mean, this lineup is a dream, isn't it? I mean, the games, the shows, the movies, everything in between, and what makes me very happy being a fan of as we all are the original source material the fact they're talking about the comics as well batman fear states the batman Fortnite crossover um black manta yeah, i didn't even get into the comics oh man like i said it's it's amazing milestone which has come yes. back in a huge way i mean living up to every expectation the zero issue phenomenal the series i mean it's a shame they're miniseries but come on they're so good they have to become ongoings right they, they've got to continue nubia suicide squad game teen titans go teen titans young justice season four What's there not to be excited about? Come on, this is beyond awesome. I mean, Seth, I mean, I know I can see things on that list that are going to make you smile. I mean, Flash movie, hello. (laughs) That Flash movie, I know, will bring a tear to my eye. I simply, I I know it's going to happen simply because of how much love I've heard from uh, Andy Muschietti um, when he's been talking about what the, uh, the the spirit, the info, uh, the pathos that's behind it, what they've been looking to, you know, as being the heart. And I mean, I felt like we got a wonderful glimpse of that idea with the Snyder cut when we had the chance to see just, oh yeah, what a sweet, sweet Barry Allen. What a thoughtful, considerate. I mean, that, that moment when he's rescuing Iris from the car and just the, the degree of tenderness, the awareness of his speed, uh, there, there's there's so many things that you can bring to life that we know from the comics and not only that but also you know with all the different branches of things they're going to touch with this movie yeah i'm i'm ridiculously excited for it um the movie trailers as you point out i mean the black adam one we're finally going to get a first look of something <laughs> that's huge you know i mean we all went nuts last year when it was just you know dwayne johnson like hey here's a Here's a still, and here's me talking. And it was like, wah! And I have a feeling the moment we get a chance to yep. just see those early peaks. Plus, you know, Shazam, which uh, it, it did so well. It's such a delightful movie. I can only imagine what it's going to be like to get a, a feeling for the sequel. And then, yeah, the stuff you guys were talking about. I mean, the Young Justice Phantoms one really jumped out at me. Uh, Wonder Woman Historia looks phenomenal. Um, I really love Sweet Tooth. I, I you know, finished the uh, the first season of that on Netflix and thought it was just absolutely delightful. Um, and then, you know, we'll get a chance to actually see more about Peacemaker. And Steve, what you were saying about Milestone, my goodness, they have done such a wonderful job. And I love the threads they're connecting so early with static, with hardware. Um, I love the approach and direction and the additional history that's been added, I believe, to uh, the Icon and Rocket. And I, I feel there's also just this thought and care and awareness that, yeah, we do have these minis and we have to make them just pop because there's so much story we want to tell. We got to cram it all in here, but we also know there's so much more we're going to want to tell if we do it right this time that we can expand them into something bigger and more. Yeah. Um, so many great reasons to get excited. 
And we've already talked about a few of them. And then there's so many more on this list and Brad echo on the DMZ. You know, we've, we've had some wonderful suggestions the, the, the one that kind of, I, I was curious about that I didn't see listed on here, but um, there was a recent teaser commercial for why the last man that I was kind of like, huh, do I, oh, is that so maybe a surprise? Right. So I yeah, we're, we're a maybe. few days away from that. I think that, that debuts over here on cannot the 13th. Wait, cannot wait, cannot wait, yeah. cannot wait. Yeah. So just curious, you know, if there might be anything that could pop on later. Like, hey, fan response has been so great that we're, yeah. So things like that, that I also feel like, hey, you want to let people know what's going on. But then you also still want to have some great surprises down the road that they're just blown away by. Um, even if it's just, you know, Harley Quinn swearing at us for a minute or two about answering letters <laughs> making us all just smile and have a grand old time um fandom's going to be a great time it was for me the highlight of last summer as far as any comics related news it was just so much fun and um clearly we're still talking about it i can only imagine what this new one's going to be like and i love the fact that uh that that's our final story and just before we sign off guys any uh final thoughts on this or any of the stories we've had a chance to talk about this week oh man so much no pressure yeah it was a good (laughs) week man that that lineup is as stellar as i've seen some good rock festivals lineups be let's just put it that way that's like if you could think of all like the best your favorite bands playing in all day festival that's what that that fandom lineup is yeah, I, I've got to go back to uh, Brad and I's favourite subject of all time, and that's anything Neil Gaiman. Um, Sandman Audios, Sandman yeah. TV show, Dead Boy Detectives, say what? No mm-hmm. Sandman for decades. Suddenly, he's everywhere. Um, so much cool stuff. This has been a great week for news, and sadly, um, it's over for another week. But hey. We're going to be coming back and back and back and back. Best team ever. My boys, my Brad, my Seth. Um, I just miss the ladies. Indeed. Indeed. You want to, you want to get that? It might be the phone. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Hello? Hello? All right. Kelly, Kendra, Deal. They said they'll be on next week, guys. Yay! No <laughs> yep. Got it covered. Got it covered. Hey, uh, folks, thanks for hanging out with us. This being episode number 133, it's been an absolute delight going over. I mean, such a great, you know, such a great time to be talking about comics, as, uh, as Brad has said so well, so many times, and so much better. In fact, we know what it's like when all these stories come to an end, and we're like, well, where can there be more? And should you find yourself in that position, you want to reach out, follow up with any of us about any of the stories we've talked about we're going to give you an opportunity brad where can the good people find you if they they just can't get enough of your wisdom my friend i uh, can find me writing news and reviews dccomicsnews.com you can find me on the mad love harley quinn podcast also part of the dc comics news podcast and you can follow me on twitter at flicky b1 what about you steve where can people find you Oh, blimey. You, you can't escape me. I'm like the bad penny. Everywhere you look, there I am. Um, the easiest way is to tweet me. Talk to me on Twitter. I love talking, especially when it's about nerdy stuff, cool stuff, geeky stuff, comic stuff, at Elstevo, E-L underscore S-T-E-E-V-O. To read my written work, just type Steve J. Ray or Fantastic Universes into your search engine of choice to take you across all my news, reviews, and interviews across wonderful websites like the amazing DC Comics News, Dark Knight News, 
Fantastic Universes and CBR. Or listen to this great show with my brothers and our missing sisters who we miss so much. Um, for I Am The Night with Adam, where we talk about Batman the Animated Series. For Seth's show, The Wonderful Spinner Rack. For the upcoming Flicky Fashions, where which will take over the world and now that they can include makeup as well. Well, hey, the world is indeed their mollusk. Um, and that's about it from me, Seth. Where can the Omniverse find you and your gorgeous pooches? Ah, uh, right here. Find me right here. I'm here with the DC Comics News Gang. You want to send a message my way? Guess what? We make it really easy for you here at DC Comics News. I mean, I'll be on podcasts with these guys, the weekly podcast, posting the spinner rack, my top five picks from DC Comics each week. And uh, when we record things that are like really fun and silly, like Mad Love, yeah, you'll find me right here. And then should you be out there in a social media realm, just at DC Comics News, capital D, capital C, capital C, O-M-I-C-S, capital N-E-W-S. When you do, just at DC Comics News and say, hey, Seth, and then whatever it is, I can't wait to hear it. And I'm looking forward to responding, sharing course you don't just have to talk to me use that at dc comics news so you can reach out to the entire gang any one of us about anything on any of the platforms facebook twitter instagram youtube uh where we've got stuff like dc and after dark and man all i have to say with that is it's great stuff and then you can make sure that you never miss out just hit subscribe on that player you're listening to us on right now and with that we always have a great opportunity to remind you to do one more thing between now and the next time and that is to always read more comics yeah baby <laughs> <laughs> all right guys <laughs>